0: From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Ayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of wispolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, J.R. Thanks for joining me. Anytime. So we're usually pretty hyper-local and focus on capital Notes, but of course, national and international politics affects life here. I wanted to start with what we can learn about Wisconsin's GOP congressional representatives based on the struggle happening right now over House Speaker in Congress. Republicans who control the House of Representatives are having kind of a doozy of a time electing a speaker. Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, a staunch Trump supporter, failed on the third ballot for the gavel Friday. Where have Wisconsin's six conservative congressmen landed in this discussion and why?
1: Well, when they've been voting, they've been voting for Jim Jordan, the Republican out of Ohio. Now, Derek Van Orden, who's been a Jordan supporter, he left on a fact-finding mission to Israel after the kind of first couple rounds of of impasse, saying there's no clear path forward for a speaker right now. But they've been sticking with Jordan. Uh, They're all pretty conservative. What's what to be interesting is if this kind of impasse continues, especially for a person like Van Orden. Remember, Derek Van Orden was elected to the Western Wisconsin 3rd Congressional District last fall, uh, freshman. He had a pretty good fundraising number the third quarter, which ended September 30th. you saw reports not too long ago. He raised more than $800,000, which was the best three-month period of any member of the congressional delegation. He also, though, got a good chunk of change from a PAC that was run by Kevin McCarthy. He was the speaker who was deposed. Um, the motion to vacate the chair. Now, the big question going forward is what's McCarthy going to do as a fundraiser? Or what can he do as a fundraiser going forward? The guy has got great connections, raises a lot of money. Will he be as inspired to keep raising those checks? Will donors be as inspired to give them to him? Because that affects people like Van Orden. Also, who's going to be that next speaker? Because can he or she raise big money? Uh, because that money helps a person like Van Orden. You know, I mean, uh, when it comes to key races you often see national forces come in and spend lots of money if there's an ongoing impasse in washington dc it kind of prevents somebody from taking the lead reign on who's going to raise funds and know, by the way the longer it drags on a question i've heard from people is does it send a message to voters that republicans have a hard time governing does that make people go ah this van orden guy he's part of that you know group over there that can't shoot straight also it affects van orden because as long as there's no speaker there's no farm bill. Uh, Derek Van Orden tried very hard during his time in Congress to uh, create some bipartisan credentials. He got a lot of grief during the 2022 20, campaign over being at the Capitol grounds on January 6, 2021. Now he says he left before there was an attack or anything like that, or kind of like violent protest. But he was there. People raised concerns about his temperament. There was an incident with Senate pages this summer, things like that going on that you know, Van Orden uh, sometimes had a little bit of a, some run-ins, some questions about his temperament. So that's kind of interesting to watch, too, just how the whole thing plays out for for him going forward. And if whoever takes over a speaker, if when it push comes to shove and they try to who they're gonna give money to, if they're going, well, this guy keeps making kind of self-inflicted errors, do I want to give money to Derek Van Orden? It's lots of questions for him and how the speaker race plays out, how he gets the money. And oh, by the way, can you get a farm bill done because they get a farm bill done it helps burnish those bipartisan credentials. And maybe... For people back in the 3rd District, that's more important than whether he blew up at members of the Biden administration giving a briefing on Israel, for example.
0: Why should the average Wisconsinite care about what's happening in the 3rd District, and how would that affect sort of the balance, the race in 2024 for the House of Representatives in, in Congress?
1: We're talking a handful of votes, seats right now that could switch that chamber. That's a big deal to have one of... We'll see how the third CD ranks in the pecking order of most contested seats. Actually, it's kind of interesting that district. If Trump is the nominee for Republicans, he maybe helps Van Orden more than anybody else. There's a lot of Trump voters in that district who don't come out regularly. But you know, if that district sways who's going to win control of the House, that's a big deal. If there's a President Biden term too, right? If it is a President Trump and a Republican Congress, whole different ballgame. So you're talking about control. Of one chamber of government that could be decided by a dozen, 20 seats. We'll see where the Van Orden one falls in the pecking order. But that's why it's a big deal is because it could play into that, that majority-making coalition
0: for Republicans or Democrats. So moving on to something else that has also had some importance nationally and internationally, it's the Israel-Hamas conflict. How is that issue developing locally? There have been some resolutions that passed the legislature and some differing opinions from Republicans in the state and some Democrats. What's, is anything going on there?
1: For the most part, we've just seen a resolution pass the Senate and the assembly, uh, overwhelmingly with, with unanimous error. A couple of Democrats in the Milwaukee area who did not vote on the resolution was for the assembly last week. Um, that got them some gruff, but for the most part, we're not seeing anybody really take a position that's that contrary to the Biden ministry. It was basically called to support Israel. Uh, that's really kind of been the the main position of the members of the Senate and the Assembly to those resolutions at least. We have seen some Democrats kind of like raise concerns or not paying enough attention to the plight of Palestinians. For the most part, though, the focus has been on Israel, uh, for the state's state lawmakers and the state congressional delegation.
0: You're tuned into Capital Notes, I'm Mayan Silver speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of Wispolitics.com. Um, Let's continue with something that we haven't really covered in depth on Capital Notes. That's the ongoing fight of the UW system's diversity, equity, and inclusion spending. So, uh, Assembly Speaker, GOP Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, had promised to block pay raises for tens of thousands of UW employees while approving raises for other state workers. That's until the school system, according to him, would cut DEI spending by $32 million, in full disclosure, WWM employees are UW System employees. How did this all start, and where is it going? Well,
1: for Robin Voss, this has become kind of his cause. Like uh, Somebody told me some months back, this person likened it to how Ron DeSantis of Florida has gone to war with Florida. Robin Voss has gone to war with DEI. And with this system, Robin was a graduate of this system. He, um, a former student regent on the Board of Regents, he has just become focused on this issue and is determined to try and find a way to snuff out DEI programs. Now, one of the challenges for him is UW System, or the Universities of Wisconsin, I guess I should say now, has what's called position authority. It means that it can create its own position. So whereas other agencies, lawmakers can set how many jobs you have, it doesn't happen with this system. and they can do it on its own. So one of the ways for Robin to try and put pressure on the system has been to focus on one uh, the cut of $32 million, which is currently sitting in a an account reserved for the uh, budget committee known as joint finance. Um, they can release that money at any time if the university asks for it. The university has to say we're going to spend it on workforce development issues. But without any movement on DEI, that's unlikely to happen. And the second thing is these raises. During the budget process, lawmakers don't actually approve the raises. They fund the raises for state employees. So during the budget, they did the money, put a, put the money aside to pay for these pay increases, which are, I believe, 4% in the first year and 2% in the second for public employees. Now, there are still a handful of unions that represent uh, state employees out there, but for the most part, you have state employees, and then the UW system is a separate kind of pot of money. This committee uh, called the Joint Committee of Employment Relations took up those pay raises to actually implement them, and in doing so, it did not take up the UW system pay raises. Those are still in limbo. Now, what's interesting for people I've talked to is Robin Boss said, okay, here's a a path forward. If the university would agree to give us lawmakers position authority, which would be give up that authority they have now, we could find a way through this. That is a legitimate offer, people tell me, but not a likely one to be accepted. Because if you are the system and you accept that change, you're putting yourself at the mercy of Republicans and possibly a cooperative governor to start cutting jobs. Uh, they don't want to do that. Uh, they want to avoid that situation. They're like in a real tough spot right now of how they get pay raises. And it doesn't just affect, you know, people who are administrators who come under the DEI umbrella. There are lots of janitors, um, staff. You'll go on down. It's not just professors impacted by this. How do they get those pay raises to employees? Also worth noting that Howard Markline, Republican from Platteville, is a co-chair of the budget committee. Um, he also serves on that committee we call Joker, that approves his pay raises, he was not happy that the UW system pay raises are not being taken up. He wants to see them pushed through. But as long as Robin Voss is dug in, unless the universities of Wisconsin give something up, it's hard to see how they get what they're after, which is that pay raise.
0: So procedurally why is there this hang up? Can you explain for the average person who doesn't follow the legislative system really I mean Evers can't just veto this funding decision or anything like that. Like can you can you explain that?
1: Yeah, so in the the raise process, the pay, pay process for state employees, you fund the raises in the budget, and you kind of set what the parameters are going to be, but you have to have that joint committee employment relations come in and actually approve implementing the pay raises. So they are funded in the budget for UW system and everybody else. The committee came in and actually implemented the raise for most state employees and those handful of unions, but they are not moving on implementing the raise for UW system employees, and until they move to implement them. It's not going anywhere. And if you look at that committee and the makeup, the Democrats on that committee would vote to implement those pay raises for the system. Uh, But long as Robin Voss, who co-chairs it, is saying no, they're probably going to move on that package.
0: This is affecting tens of thousands of of Mm -hmm. employees. What do you see as the next steps? There's obviously this negotiation happening. Uh, They're planning to meet uh, later this week to continue negotiations. But what do you know about about how this could play out?
1: Well, the question is what will the system give up to get what it wants? Um, From what I can tell, the system is kind of dug in on DEI. They don't want to give up those positions. They argue there is real benefit to having them. For example, a lot of big employers in Wisconsin and nationally, they have DEI programs. If you want to prepare UW uh, students for the workforce, they argue. You should prepare them for that DEI culture. Uh, so unless I get that up, I'm not sure how they get out of this mess right now. Or we are seeing some small changes, these programs. I don't know that's enough to win over Robin Boss at this point, but he holds a lot of cards in this debate and what's going to happen with the system.
0: And have you ever heard of something else funding-wise being, quote-unquote, held hostage like this via legislative committee?
1: You know, I've seen funding be held up for various things, but for employee raises, no. This is the first for me to see employee raises targeted for the system like this
0: and what was the power structure that allowed something like this to happen there's no checks and balances to prevent things like this
1: no they set up the system so that uw is on its own separate from other state employees for these pay raises the process goes through the legislature and the government the budget to fund them and then this committee has to approve them and that's it they have a big sway over implementing they also quite frankly i'm not sure they envision this being a problem and the system was set up. They they weren't expecting something like this, but Robin Voss has found a way to put pressure on the system to get what he wants.
0: All right. Well, thanks for digging into these uh, developments, Jr. and thanks for joining me on Capital Notes. Anytime. That was Jr. Ross, editor of whizpolitics.com, speaking with me, WUWM's Maayan Silver. Listen for our segments with Jr. Ross every other Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect, and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.